Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, actually, no, not with me today, is not Trevor Scott, because he's sick. <laughs> uh, he has the flu, and so he has asked me to do the podcast without him. So, this week, I have a guest. I have Anthony from the Semicast. Welcome. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm not sick, luckily. Uh <laughs> No, then, then there would be nobody. It would just be me <laughs> yeah, saying, how do I do it. this? Hey, Anthony, can you do Bitstorm for us this week? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, That's okay. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I run a site called Semi-Informatic with my friend Dave, and uh, we play lots of video games, and we record videos of video games, and we talk about video games, and... Uh, Sometimes we do a podcast, but things have been a little bit uh, busy of late, so we haven't gotten around to that as much, but there's sort of still some content going up here and there. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's uh, you do a bunch of different stuff there. That's that's fun. Mm. Like, yeah, we, we just do this podcast. <laughs> mm. we, we had some Twitch streams going for a while, but um, because of the Australian internet, I had to be very selective about... You know, think games games that have high contrast so the yeah. compression doesn't get too bad was was sort of my thing. But. We actually did try that a couple of weeks ago. Um, Trevor just got an Oculus Rift, so we attempted to do some VR oh, yeah. streaming, and uh, it it went okay. But we did have to do it at like whatever four twenty p or something ridiculous, so you can't really mm, see yeah. what's going on. Yeah, I've actually got a, a original dev version of the Oculus Rift, and mm. uh, yeah, it was fun. But I'm I'm kind of waiting for the for the for the big exciting games to come out. Yeah, there's some cool stuff coming out now. I'm thinking of getting a Vive soon, hopefully. So mm. I would probably lean towards the Vive yeah. based on was what I've seen. That's my preference. The Oculus is cheaper, but the Vive, mm. I don't know. I like the room scale stuff a bit better, and I've used it a few times at like VR arcades and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Mm. Anyway, I think we'll get into it. We're going to start with click pitch as we always do. Uh, for those just joining us, including yourself, Anthony, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. click pitch is a game where we both have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we will both click refresh and get a new word. And we're going to say those words and come up with a game design based on whatever comes to mind, basically, from, from the combination of those words. And we will go three, two, one, click. Nothingness. <laughs> Nothingness. My word mm. is sulky. S-U-L-K-Y. <laughs> I'm, like I'm a- seeing a, a very black and white game here. Maybe some shades of grey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking, so sulky, I mean, sulky just reminds me of like, I don't know, teenagers, kind of brooding, mm. sulky teenagers. Uh, kind of life, life is strange, maybe. Yeah, but then the nothingness, uh, uh, that, I mean- you could take that in a metaphorical sense, I guess, and just do a full-on, like, teenage experience. It's a, it's a game about writing teenage poetry. <laughs> well, that could be interesting. The game yeah. has to kind of judge you on your you know, <laughs> points for angst, points for rhyming, I suppose. I don't know. Just po- points for po- using words you don't really understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the amount, of, the amount of times you had to uh, look up your thesaurus. Hmm. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if that, if that gives you penalties or, or bonus points, but... <laughs> Yeah, you'd be pretty sure of your natural language processing programming abilities for this one. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll 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 soon see. We just come up with the ideas. The devs they handle oh, all right. the text. <laughs> no, uh, I 
I initially actually went in a bit of a different direction for this. Uh, and sort of the the idea of nothingness brought me to, like, space or maybe black holes. Mm. And so, I was thinking, like, teenage planets or something, like some right. sort of space. There's actually space. an old pen and paper role-playing game called Teenagers from Out of Space. Oh, <laughs> like- there you go. Well, see, I was going- I was kind of thinking that the the enter their space entities themselves, like the the planets or the suns oh, and the right. black holes, perhaps have some sort of personality. I don't know, like oh. if a, if a if a star <laughs> reaches you are, you are adolescence, anthrop- anthropomorphizing <laughs> planets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, I'm not sure quite where the gameplay comes in. Mm, Jupiter but- is kind of like the the big the big brother and uh, Pluto oh, is, the, is is the youngest the- child that everybody forgets all the time. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, I'm just sort of sort of a schoolyard schoolyard representation of the solar yeah. system. So we've so we've had visual novels about pigeons and uh, and llamas. Maybe a visual novel that anthropomorphizes <laughs> planets, <laughs> where you go to go to a high school and there's yep. all these planets. Yep, that's perfect. And you just trying to figure out who to date and who to make friends with. Yeah, Jupiter's yeah. the big bully. But he's he's only bullied because everyone always used to tease him about that big red spot on his head. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> Earth, Earth is teeming with parasites for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> nobody Either likes that it. Or, or, or Earth would be the the default male brown haired main main character that is sort of an everyman that everyone can relate to. Right, right. Just the standard sulky young young man who. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know. Is there anyone else that's special? Venus is the hot one, obviously. Uh, yeah, well, I, mm, Mercury would be even even hotter, but there has to be some kind of deficiency there, I guess. Being so so, I mean, what 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 would the sun be? Would it be the like like this faculty or the teachers or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's the prince. The sun is the principal, right? There's Haley, the the comet who just uh, breezes in. That's the, that's the substitute yeah. teacher. Hayley's, well, I was Hayley thinking that, that that might be the one who who skips school all the uh, time and only shows up every <laughs> once in a while. Just shows up every what is it? Where it was seventy six years or something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this. I like this. Uh, I don't know. Are we missing? Are we missing any good? Good. Uh... We're missing the moons, and I was trying to think of like, oh. maybe little little brothers or sisters or things like that. But yeah, or like just the maybe that's sort of the posse because mm. that makes sense. Like Jupiter, the big bully, has this huge posse. Hmm. Of all these kind of henchmen, all these all these bully friends, I would think that Saturn would have to be the pretty one because of yeah, the moons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, the sort of entourage of yeah, yeah, of of moon friends around it. Earth, yeah, Earth is sort of the cool guy, and just has his nerdy, his one nerdy kind of sidekick. Yeah, yeah. His one <laughs> friend who's a bit smaller than him, but hangs around all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of can't get rid of him. Nep- Neptune would be the be the deep the deep cold one. Oh yeah, that's like the um like the kind of broody emo. Yeah, yeah, sort of time. <laughs> We're staying away from Uranus, but that would probably be the be the butt of everyone's jokes, <laughs> like the one that all the practical jokes get played on. Perfect, perfect. I love it. Yeah, that's that's really funny. I really like that. But I'm struggling to think of any any gameplay beyond a sort of a basic visual novel sort of hey look at this it's weird. <laughs> oh, I think that's I think that's about all you need. I don't know. Yeah, is there any sort of additional mechanics that you could bring in based on hmm. the fact that they're planets? Yeah, well, usually these games move towards a a either a goal or a big event like a, a school dance or a, a a big test or or something like that, and it sort of plays out kind of in acts like that. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think if there's any galactic events that can be sort of twisted into school sort of events, apart from the heat death of the universe. That's probably a little <laughs> bit too final. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happens during an eclipse. I mean, that's only involving like the Earth and mm. the moon or whatever. And uh, just the alignment of the planets. Like there's something about the planets aligning. Or maybe it's like yeah, the- maybe we bring in astrological sort yeah. of arrangements or something. I was just thinking the same thing. Star signs. Yeah. The, I don't <laughs> so know do, what effect that would have on I planets. I don't know, but it, it perhaps just affects, like, if if particular planets, if you if they pair off into relationships, oh, yeah. um, then you can maybe bring out the those dodgy astrological uh, readings or something and have that yeah. af- affect the game in some way. Well, I was thinking that if it had branching branching paths, then the astrological signs could serve as a way to kind of, I guess, dope the random number generator so that things turn out a little bit differently each yeah. time you play the game. So, yeah. if you choose maybe a star sign at the, at the start of the game and it sort of changes the way the game plays out. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it could even be- Yeah, that's maybe what you're aiming for as well, something around the planets in a certain alignment or configuration. And maybe it's up to you to try to try to manipulate it so certain planets end up end up together, and that's their alignment or configuration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm going I'm going to hide this sort of smelly gym sock in Saturn's locker so that this other planet doesn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of of gravitational pull having an effect as well. So mm. for some reason, even though Jupiter is this big uh, bully, everyone's really attracted to them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and just, you know, Pluto has no friends no. or nobody's into Pluto. It's, uh, that kind of, actually, that kind of makes sense because, like, Saturn would have a lot of attraction. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost as large. Well, not almost as, but yeah. la- large-ish. Yeah. That's, and does that mean everyone's crushing on the teacher then, on the principal? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, that's cool. All right. I really like that idea. That's fun. Uh, let's click again. Go another one. All right. Three, two, one, and click. I have roaring. I have shattering. Roaring, shattering. Very uh, mm. active words there. You know what? Uh, I pictured this. My mind went to a VR game mm. where one of your mechanics is yell- yelling or roaring ah. just to like shatter windows, shatter glass. Yep. I guess that's almost a Skyrim kind of shout sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. you would need to be hooking hooking a, like a headset onto your VR thing that's that, it, that, that has a has a microphone. Yeah, so it needs an actual microphone hmm. and uh, it, it measures how loud you're yelling and that's sort yep. of the, the force of these primal roars. Like those, like those Phoenix Wright games where you'd have to shout ob- objection at your DS on the on the on the uh, train in front of everybody <laughs> yes, if you're playing. Exactly. Uh, um, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know what uh, I'm trying to think. What in game you would be needing? To, like why you'd need to be shattering glass? I sort of hes- hesitate to go back to Japan again, but a lot of Japanese fighting anime has people shouting out the names of their attacks before they do them. Um, but that's true. That's true. So maybe a bit of a hmm. a bit of a sort of turn based attacking sort of thing where yep. how loud you yell. We did just we did just get a a uh, fist of the North Star game was announced recently. So is that, that, that kind, uh, I don't know anything about about anime games, but is that that's hmm. that, I assume that's that sort of thing. Lots of lots of yelling, lots of roaring, and things shattering. Yeah, yeah. It's like this this big muscly dude that kind of walks a post apocalyptic planet, uh, and he 
kind of just shouts the names of his attacks before he does them. Right, right, cool. Yeah, okay, I, I like that. Uh, particularly in VR, there's something about- There'd be something about doing those sorts of attacks. So, combining- hmm. And actually, we had a similar game to this last week where you were doing um, weather-based yelling to create uh, uh, weather attacks. But this right. could be the, a similar sort of thing, but broader, where- yeah, you, you have your you have your certain attacks and the voice recognition combined with how much you clip your microphone basically <laughs> uh, um, determines what what uh, attacks you do and, and how powerful they are. That's so if I put a compressor between my microphone and the game, is that cheating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could uh, game the system a little bit. But uh- <laughs> so you were talking about a turn based game. And I, I kind of went straight for a fighting game. Are we looking at, say, something like XCOM turn-based or? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess a fighting game. I, I don't know how well a fighting game would work in VR. Hmm. I guess I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned like the sort of Japanese fighting games, I was thinking almost a, a Pokemon sort of thing oh. where you're, you're, you're yelling out the attacks that someone else is doing almost. Right. So we're, we're doing the, um, the Final Fantasy style uh, turn-based combat. Yeah, that's sort of where my mind went with that. Hmm. But yeah, from a from a VR perspective, so you're sort of you're right down there in the battle, and there can be a bit of like throwing out your creatures or something, perhaps. And yeah, so where does where does the shattering come into it? Do you just shout so loud sometimes that the thing you're fighting just explodes? <laughs> that's the end game. I think also just hmm. a lot of the arenas have mirrors and windows and. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just just for aesthetics, you know. You- it would be interesting if um if your roaring was in a in a directional line and certain tiles were breakable, and mm. as a result, you could make parts of the arena inex- inaccessible. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Like you can uh, actually, that'd be a really interesting sort of strategic thing to bring to a game like that. And the VR would work well with the immersion because you can kind of look around and see, oh, wait, all right, there's a pillar there and a a pillar there and there are the supports. So instead of attacking them this round, I'm going to like yell in that direction and send Mm. out this blast wave to hopefully take the whole thing down on top of them. Yeah. That'd be cool. I like that idea a lot. Environmental attacks. Yeah. But really having that really play a big part. So, yeah, like one of the- one of the levels you you have a glass ceiling or something, and hmm. if you hit it enough times or with enough force, it will it'll shatter down on top of them and and do damage yeah i guess I guess the the sort of the trope on those sort of things in Japanese RPGs is that you have to hit that thing so many times during the combat, but your shout takes rounds to survive and uh, to recharge, and you have to survive in between the recharge period exactly, yeah, yeah. My mind did just go off on a completely different tangent, although maybe we could bring it in. Thinking of basketball backboards and how oh, yes. yell you, how loud you yell as you as you dunk a basketball. I thought you were go you you were going to like road rage and just shouting at other people in cars. <laughs> this there's endless possibilities to this combination of words. There's, um, there's there's precedent for it. I played an Oculus Rift VR demo that was uh, a reverse parking simulator. So already well well represented on the on the uh, car um, front there. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, I, they probably didn't take into account your yelling, but that's it. We just make no. the yelling part oh, of the gameplay. When, when I missed the miss parking, there was lots of yelling. Oh, I'm sure you were yelling. Yeah, yeah. Now we just need the game to like to actually pick that up and make use of it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I like this game, and I guess we just have some. One of the arenas is in a basketball rink, and one of the arenas <laughs> you're fighting while reverse parking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, sure. Cool. 
Actually, two people fighting over who's able to reverse park into the same spot. Yeah, that's it. One of them ends up just shouting the other one away and destroying their entire car. But Oh, kind of like beating up the car in uh, Street Fighter 2. <laughs> Street Fighter. <laughs> Again, just another level. It's yep. just you against the car and you just you just there yelling at a car. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want a game where you are in VR yelling at a car? That's- no. Can't think of anything better. And everyone's watching you going, what's that guy yelling at? You, you Actually, with this game, you'd probably need like a glass box that you stand in that's soundproof while doing it. Just to play it. You don't piss off your neighbours. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's click again. Three, two, one. Click. Hmm. Washroom. Flu, as in the chimney flu. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure many washrooms have a chimney flu. Uh, no. I guess the smell, maybe for the smell. I'm getting a, a, uh, like the, uh, there was a, um, there was a game, like, uh, oh God, what was it called? Sil- it was Silent Hill 4 had a thing where a guy was trapped in his apartment, but every now and then holes would open in the walls and he'd go out to different places. And I'm sort of getting that, like, trapped in a bathroom, but, you know, a chimney flue opens up and you sort of leave for a while and go to another world and then eventually end up getting trapped back in the bathroom again. But the bathrooms change slightly based yeah. on your uh, your adventures. It's, it's starting to sound like a very cyan world game, like Mist or Riven. <laughs> oh, or something. yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, my mind with those two things went to Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, okay. Because there are tra- there are transportation systems both in chimneys and I'm pretty sure in toilets at one point. Oh, okay. In Harry Potter, I'm not sure if you're a fan or not, but I have read probably the first two books and seen the first two movies. My okay. wife is a is a huge fan, so I I have awareness of it beyond those things that I just mentioned. Right, right. I'm pretty sure there was a toilet trans, <laughs> like yeah. toilet transport. But anyway, it doesn't necessarily have to be specifically Harry Potter. But that that, that could almost play into what you're what you're talking about there mm. with with sort of transporting you in and out of this washroom that's sort of yeah, yeah. You, you just find yourself wake waking up in this washroom and okay well, well if it's going to be transport then i was thinking more of something like cities in motion where you're building a transport network <laughs> for a city but it's a magical transport network for wizards so you're linking up toilets in different places and linking up <laughs> flues and- okay that would be really fun maybe not an entire city maybe just like mm. a, a, a building or a set of buildings like one of those kind of tower building games um, where often you have to build the elevators and like link up the yes. electricity and stuff, but yeah, you have to you have to hook up the toilets, yes, uh, and the chimneys, but they still have to function as toilets and chimneys. <laughs> yes, well, I was thinking more that something just to like cities in in motion is that it actually costs you money or it costs you whatever the magical equivalent of money is to hook these things up, so you need to recoup it somehow. So you right. have to hire, hire conductors to stand out the front of the toilet and collect the tickets from people. <laughs> That, I really like that idea. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I'm thinking, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking is what happens when the conductor or the person presses the wrong button and instead mm. of instead of transporting themselves through the pipes, uh, just shit comes flying out of it and covers them. But, yeah. uh, I mean, that can just be one of the things if you, you know, it, you, uh, you have to hire people, you have to hire your little conductors and if they're not very good at their job, then that happens more and more often. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was thinking you could even cheap out on the on the on the materials that you use to build it, and and right. then you've got a certain percentage chance of something happening, like little in-game events, like SimCity's d- disasters that you have to take care of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we wanted we wanted to transfer this person to the library, and instead we opened up a portal to another dimension. <laughs> uh, yeah, minus one person from your from your building, yeah. and 
Well, then, then you have to hire a whole bunch of wizards and witches to, to sort of try to drive the creatures back through the portal and close it. Oh, right. It's just, all right. It overruns your building. And yeah, okay. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking a bit simpler just along the lines of, well, throughout your toilet network, you can either build one set of pipes or two sets of pipes. And if you cheap out and only build one set of, set of pipes, then literally the people and the poo just go through the same pipe. <laughs> uh, so, you, so people will use it still, but they're not going to be very happy at the other end. Yeah, they're, they're, they're probably not going to be paying, you know, much in the way of, of fares for that. No, well. exactly. Exactly. To make them a little bit happy, you can put a shower at each end. and uh, Yeah, sure. You know. It's, it just becomes standard that long long trips, it's like economy versus first class, right? A long yeah. trip, you, you're going to end up go, at least spending some time in actual toilet pipes. Yeah, well, you, you know, you, you have to have your sort of coach level and your first class level. Exactly, and- exactly. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to be covered in shit when you reach, you reach your destination? <laughs> yeah, you yeah that'll be three times the price. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I'm picturing similar things with chimneys. Hmm. It's not quite as uh, disgusting to end up covered in soot, but you know, if you go into an important meeting, yeah, it kind of reminds me when you when you would play roller roller coaster tycoon and you would build a roller coaster that just ejected people sort of off <laughs> yes. into off into the distance, and someone just someone coming flying out of a chimney where you haven't quite finished it properly and it doesn't <laughs> link up to anything. Well, well, again, I'm, I'm kind of picturing, uh, you know, you get your chimney pipes crossed and instead of reforming at their destination they just get puffed out into the sky as smoke <laughs> oh, yeah. well <laughs> yeah they, they sort of int- introducing death into the game there yeah exactly I, 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 yeah. Think, I think your rating just went up from g to ma 15 plus <laughs> <laughs> just a bloody mist <laughs> yeah uh yeah i don't know that's that's really fun i like the idea of alternate transportation in one of those types of games I really love mm. those. I re- like. Well, I really love the idea of those sort of building transportation, building games or city building games. Uh, but I get bored so quickly. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because yeah. I'm terrible at them, but I always end up playing them for. I'll, I'll play them for like six hours straight. I'll just be addicted to it for that time, and then never pick it up again. Yeah, I, I gave up on City Skylines once my traffic got way too bad yep. to reasonably solve. Yeah, me too. Except just by del- deleting roads so that people wouldn't use them and then putting them back in. And that's how I solve traffic issues. <laughs> yep. I started about six cities, finally got one to a size where traffic was basically the major issue and then never played yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah. I've got towers full of dead bodies because the hearses can't get through the streets to pick them up after they die. So. <laughs> well, at least in our game, they can just shove them in the chimney and they'll go yeah. out. They'll just become smoke. <laughs> well, there's, there's, your, there's your next next level of gameplay and transporting things other than people. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it's freight freight transportation yep. as well. You're getting into uh, transport ty- tycoon deluxe there, where you've got multiple multiple modes of transport. Yep. Yeah, you get paid for taking taking things from one to the other. Yep. Some guy just trying to shove an elephant into a, in, in, into a chimney. <laughs> you have to start investing in larger and larger <laughs> fireplaces uh, and and toilet uh, toilets, hmm. I guess. <laughs> All right, let's click again. Uh, three, two, one, click. Enclosure. Betrothal. Ah, oh, betrothal in enclosure. <laughs> uh, you, you two are going to get in that box until one of you agrees to marry the other one. <laughs> uh, my mum my went to zoos, um, so maybe it's sort of a... Well, I don't, I don't want to go down the dating sim thing again. We've already done that. But um, something around zoos and, and, yeah, some sort of marriage. 
you're having a having um, uh, a zoo that's in a very, I guess, religious area, and the people there aren't comfortable unless if the animals are in <laughs> a relationship are- and aren't married. Yeah, or living together, and and yeah, yeah, haven't haven't tied the knot. So you you have to perform weddings for for zoo animals. <laughs> Uh, so let's go. That's good. Let's go with that. Let's. It kind of reminds me of an old Lionhead game called the the, the movies, where you would make yeah. um, make make movies. And I sort of had the idea that um, you would have to design the ceremony in such a way that it would please both the animals and the people who wanted them to be to be married. Okay, so it's actually like a wedding planning game, wedding yeah. planner game, but for zoo animals. Now. Yep. What happens if two animals of different species want to marry? Is that acceptable uh, or it just depends? Maybe it depends on what level you're in and how how religious these yeah, people are. I'm, I'm not, not sure about that. The animals might, might have to have to uh, uh, elope, but that might mean getting married sort of outside the zoo or something like that. <laughs> well, one of them is an, is an antelope, so they're really good at eloping. Ah. Sorry, it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. So, we're planning a wedding for zoo animals. Hmm. What sort of things are involved? You just- you have to make sure that, um, the flowers that you get aren't- either aren't tasty to the animals that are coming I or guess, aren't, yeah. at least aren't poisonous to the guests or the <laughs> the bride and groom themselves. Yeah, you would probably have to choose- sort of decorations that are appropriate. You would have to make allowances for each animal's side of the family. Yes. Yep. And with some animals, it's not really a family tree. It's more like a like a family shrub that just goes around and around <laughs> and around. So it really doesn't matter what side they sit on in that case. No, because no. you you could be related to anybody. <laughs> well, and also they're in a zoo. They've all been bred in there for generations. So yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that. So so I'm thinking you basically you start with a budget and um he's he's the bride and the groom and and their yep. requirements. And yeah, you go shopping. Yeah, and uh, you could probably charge uh, people in the zoo for admission to to the to the to wedding, like just like regular regular zoo goers. And depending on the ceremony you design, you make a certain amount of money, and that allows you to spend more on the next one until you've like got fireworks and all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was going to say. So really, you, you got to spend money on the spectacle of it all. Hmm. And I would think that the types of animals getting married would play a part in that because. Yeah, particularly if it is an interspecies sort of marriage, because there's just going to be the uh, the the curiosity factor of how exactly is that going to work? How is that elephant going to marry that snake? Yes, you may run into an issue where um, you need a large spectacle to bring the people into the zoo to pay to go to the wedding, but the the couple does not want a large spectacle of a wedding, so you kind of have to balance those two things out. Where they get the wedding they want, but you still make enough money to continue your enclosure betrothal business. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I like the idea there of having to do something like, you know, how they have to sometimes, uh, like with the gorilla enclosure at a zoo, sort of you can't get too close to the glass and that sort of thing, or you have certain yeah. viewing positions. So, yeah, it really comes down to you, you actually have an element of uh, of your enclosure design as well for where nice. the wedding is going to take place uh, for as to sort of where the- that zoo uh, zoo goers can can watch from. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. This is really weird. <laughs> I'd play it totally. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's it's another one of those games that I'd play for six hours and then never pick up again. But hey, yeah, I still paid money for it. <laughs> we'll make money off this one. <laughs> cool. All right, let's do another. Let's move on. 
I like the ideas we've been coming up with tonight. Hmm. They've been pretty good. Okay, policewoman. Plunge. Okay, plunge. We have to be careful with this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pa- perhaps not only is she a policewoman, but she's a successful plumber. Yeah, or a skydiving <laughs> instructor. Or- yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the idea of arresting people from by just by skydiving on top of them. Oh, okay. That'd be like, actually that'd um, be kind of a a cool little sort of arcadey type of game, where yeah, you literally do play this policewoman who, but you start every you start every round up in a helicopter with some mm. high powered binoculars, yes. and, <laughs> and as soon as you spot a crime on the ground, you just jump. Yep. Kanye Kanye West's power starts playing as you jump out of the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, totally. Every single time, it's epic, and uh, and it's all about your movement as you're going through the air. When you like pull your ripcord and and deploy your parachute, the later mm. the the later the better, uh, as long as you land accurately. Um, yeah. Something needs to break your fall. Potentially the criminal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if if not a, a handily placed uh, dumpster, but uh, you won't get quite. A, as many points. There was a, a mini game in Saints Row 2 where you had to parachute out, or Saints Row 3, you had to parachute out of a plane and land in the sunroof of a car. <laughs> that nice. Was, that was well, driving around. Yeah, that's that's definitely a level, one of the levels. Mm. It's the, That crossed with uh, R, a reckless disregard for gravity, I think is probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, you want that, you want that real sensation of speed as you're yeah, going yeah. down, having to dodge things. I'm not sure how many. I mean, I guess it's just a very uh, heavily trafficked area of the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that if the criminals knew that you were onto them, they might send people up after you with, like, jetpacks or something like that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, you start- you start the game and you're just sort of going after low-level criminals and you see someone, you know, grab someone's handbag and you go down and stop them. You see someone, you know, you move up to robbing banks and that's that's the level where you, you got to- you get you get the highest amount of points if you land yeah. in the sunroof. And then, yeah, then you start getting into supervillain territory and they have henchmen with jetpacks yeah. and, and, yeah, just firing up at you and that's really cool. Dodging rockets on your, on your way down, shooting yeah, henchmen like out of the sky- <laughs> you can you can kind of have to go through um, things that sort of refill your ammo and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a real arcade sort of experience. Yeah. That would probably be a VR title as well. I, I was imagine. literally about to say that same thing. Then just to, to really pump up the experience, we make it VR. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only sell it to people who have a fear of heights. Yeah. Yeah. We do tend to to we do tend to do a, a disproportionate number of VR titles on this game. Um, I'm not sure if it's just because we're super into it, or if uh, there's just a lot of room to be explored there in the gaming space. But yeah, it's fun. It seems to be uh, a magnet for strange ideas. Definitely. So three, two, one, and click. Boarding. Sorry, what was it? Boarding, as in boarding pass, or boarding a plane, or a boat. I got odometer. <laughs> this is going to be a hard one. So, it's about distance, right? It's about distance travelled. Mm. And boarding could be skateboarding or wakeboarding or... Oh, yeah. Okay. Or some kind of sort of future skateboarding or, or extreme sport that um, we have not yet defined. 
Well, it's future skateboarding, but the only difference is your skateboard has an odometer on it <laughs> to tell you how far it's travelled. It's not. It's not how good the good good the tricks you can do is. It's how far you can go. That's it without falling off. Yes. Um, well, you know, th- this is the thing we haven't had a good skateboarding game in a long time. Mm, yeah, I I never really much into skateboarding games. So I probably have to take your take your word for that. No, you didn't. You didn't get into the old Tony Hawk or anything like that. No, I was primarily a PC player back then. So uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, that was that was my early console games, console days. But uh, yeah, the original Tony Hawk on the original PlayStation is definitely still one of the better skateboarding games uh they did do they did experiment with some stuff with with uh skate on the i think on the xbox yeah and you actually had to use your thumbsticks for um doing tricks and things which was kind of neat so i'm trying to, i'm just trying to think how we can basically take skateboarding games to the next level and and having it have something to do with, <laughs> with odometers i could imagine a post-apocalyptic career game where there's no petrol left so people rely on bicycles and skateboards to get around and you're having to to travel a great distance from one place to another to uh, to uh, deliver things. That's pretty awesome. I like the ideas you come up with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the idea of, uh, of, of yeah, like sort of a, the same sort of similar sort of mechanics around skateboarding and, and maybe bike. I don't know, bike riding. The only bike riding I can think of is in like Grand Theft Auto and stuff, mm. um, which, you know, which works okay. Bike riding in uh, the original DayZ mod was absolutely hilarious because bikes yeah. bikes would spawn very seldomly and you would just be walking through the forest with a gun and then looking for zombies or hiding from zombies or hiding from people and this is dude would come shooting past you on a bicycle ringing, ringing the bell. <laughs> He'd be gone. With a horde of zombies after him. Yeah, <laughs> gone before you could shoot him. That's awesome. Well, you know, maybe we could go for a similar sort of feeling of that. Hmm. I could imagine... A um a thing like uh, was that Stephen King story about uh that you the the there was a, a kind of a race and it was about who could who could go the longest without without collapsing. This could be something similar as it you sort of start in a city and uh, there's a route, but um it's really long and the person who wins is the person who goes the longest before collapsing or being forced to stop. And you've got like a like an like an odometer embedded into your hand, like say Logan's Run or something like that. <laughs> You really fleshed that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Um, I'm just trying to think of just the sort of general gameplay around it. Like, is it just mm. a racing game sort of thing? Or is there some sort of persistence to your character? I imagine it would be like play, player unknown Battlegrounds, but uh, rather than sort of trying to shoot people, you're trying to get the, get the furthest. But you've got, there are ways that you can stop other people or slow them down or... Okay, so there's still weapons in the game, perhaps, and it's it's a bit of a free for all. Maybe so. So are we, maybe we're just talking player unknown battlegrounds, and there's one bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking more allowing for the for, for you to change the uh, the uh, environment to hinder other players rather than directly attacking. Oh, them. okay. So you can kind of corral them a little bit. Yeah. You know, if you're working together uh, with some other people, then you can, it's like, there's the guy, he's got the bike with, mm. we know that he's going to have to go this way. So we'll force him to come over here. We'll take him out. And then it's a free for all for, as the rest of the people go for the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I could see this as a player unknown battleground sort of thing. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's that you find yourself in a city and there's a nuke coming. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, literally the goal is to get as far away from the city as possible. Hmm. 
I feel like the only the only bad thing about that is it's almost the opposite of player unknowns battleground player yeah. unknown battlegrounds actually because in in PUBG everyone is going to end up in the one spot yes and in this game everyone starts in the one spot and then moves away from each other so I yeah. don't know how well it would actually work you could sort of balance it out with bikes and skateboards being slower but the roads are so choked with cars that sort of cars are relatively useless unless you can get a good long stretch of road that nobody else is using. Well, that's it. So, it could, you could, yeah, you could balance that out in a way with the vehicles. Um, mm. So, yeah, like, if you get out of that beginning scrum, I get a sense of uh, Hunger Games about <laughs> it as well. I don't know if you remember the hunger, beginning of the Hunger Games where they all just run for the weapons and then sort of run off and and, and, and hide and start scheming. But, uh, yeah, it could be a little bit like that. Hmm. So, yeah, you could you could just run. You could run from the beginning and just run the whole game and hope that everyone else just takes it takes everyone out and you get the furthest away before yeah. this nuke comes. Or, but, yeah, like other people then might get uh, vehicles like skateboards and, and bikes and catch up with you. So, you're taking a risk there. Yeah, yeah. That sounds, sounds good. I would probably actually actually play that. That sounds, sounds yeah, interesting. Yeah, that, that's actually turned into something kind of fun. Um, and yeah, you, you just have to make the environments work well enough. Like, I think this would work better in a city sort of environment. Obviously, an open map like PUBG, y- you are just gonna, if you're, if you're literally running away from one position here, it can end up not seeing anyone after the first two yeah. minutes. Uh, but if you could set it in, in something that's where there are pathways and bottlenecks and, uh, a different ways, different ways through, but, uh, that are sort of predetermined in some way. So you can cut people off, and yeah, I imagine that you would have like the highways and the freeways and the the footpaths, and then you may also have like um, what are those things they have in uh, Los Angeles that are in Grand Theft Auto? The sort of large waterways that go that cut through the middle of the city, sort of under, underneath. Oh everything. yeah, I forget what they're called. I don't know. I mean, there are canals. I don't. Yeah, think yeah, things can- things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So depending on the map that you are in. Um, you'd, you'd have certain positions where you can, you know, people are going to have to come through there. So yeah. you can either try to be the first people to get through there or you can set up some sort of barricade and, yeah. and just take people out before they get too far. You could steal, uh, steal a truck and then park it across all the lanes of traffic and then stab all, all of the tires on it and then just r- yeah. drive off on the other side. Exactly. Exactly. But the whole time there's this countdown to the nuke coming. So you have to leave enough time and an escape path, hmm. uh, you know, and, and hopefully have some sort of vehicle perhaps on hand. Yeah. To know that you're going to get out to the safe the safe zone. Yeah. That's cool. That's a fun twist on that, actually. All right. Well, I think let's do one more click pitch, and then we'll jump into our final segment. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, and click. Allotment. Beheading. <laughs> God. Uh, I like these combinations we're coming up with tonight, mm. actually. They, they've got so many different places we can take them. I would imagine a- um uh, you're ruling a kingdom and you are be- beheading dissidents, but you're only allowed to behead a certain number of them <laughs> over a certain amount of time. So you have to choose which ones you think are going to cause the most trouble for you. Is that just like sort of part of the laws of the land or is it that they will rise up and uh, yeah, take, you, I guess, take yeah. you out? If you- I think either you could, you could have like a dis- discontent meter where the public gets sick of your constantly killing people. <laughs> So you have to be careful which ones you you choose. Okay, so that that's interesting because you'd you really you'd really have to get a sense of the populace mm. uh, and even some of the specific people. Yes. To so I wonder how that would play out. Kind of like a Crusader Kings two type thing. 
Okay, I never played those. Um, is that there was a sort of city, like castle builders sort of thing? Uh, not really. It's kind of like no. a family and dynasty simulator. Um, okay. And you sort of can't control too much directly. You have to divest power to, to vassals and, and people like that. But that means you have to trust them, not to, not to like poison you in your sleep. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So, you do have to sort of really have a sense of these people who are- who are beneath? Who are underneath you in your hmm. sort of uh, hierarchy? There, yeah, that, that's cool. I, I kind of got a sense of actually got a little bit of papers, please. Interestingly, <laughs> just in the sense of uh, you're kind of up there on your throne, and you have people coming by each day uh, asking you questions and, and and different things. Is this is is this another VR game where you sit on a throne and there's a camera sure. and you have, to, you, you have to give a thumbs up or a <laughs> thumbs down? Yeah. That's perfect, actually. Um, every now and then you do, you go to the uh, Coliseum and and you get to do that for the, the actual, you know, yeah. the, uh, thumb, thumbs gladi- down for the gladiators. gladiators. Yeah, yeah, gladiatorial combat. That's how you can use up your whole allotment at once if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I like, that, I like that idea of a VR. Yeah, I think we've done a VR sort of paper please game before, but yep. definitely not, definitely not in this sort of sense. And it, 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 again, it's one of those games that would work really well for the immersion of VR. Um, you know, looking to your left and seeing your kind of little, whatever your, your second in command or hmm. know, there's a there's a word for that person. But uh, call mm. call in the jester when you get bored. Yes, I would imagine that uh, the gladiatorial games would act as a way to get extra kills if you can sort of manipulate it so the people you don't like are in the gladiatorial games. Nobody cares whether or not you thumbs up or thumbs down on <gasps> somebody who's who's sort of already fighting in, in these fights, but if you do it to somebody who's just in your throne room, then then people start to get upset. So you've got to kind of manipulate it behind the scenes that they end up in there somehow. That's a, that's a really good point. You, know, you can get them into the, into the gladiatorial combat and then you don't have to use up your allotment of beheadings hmm. to take them out to, to sort of stop their mischief. Yeah, well, you would need a bunch of, a bunch of other things as, as well. Like if you decided to, say, go down to the gladiatorial games and fight them yourself, you, then you could maybe get... <laughs> Get the get the crowd onto your side, um, and yep. maybe get Real back some of those King. points that you'd already used. Okay, so you, <laughs> I like the idea that we're, <laughs> that we're the, just the we're better- just <laughs> we're basically making Gladiator the video game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I just like the idea that the better you you are doing as a king, and and the higher your sort of popularity rating, the more uh, the higher the allotment they give you to behead <laughs> part, like behead people in the in the populace. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just, just not really kind of advocating for their their own themselves there, but uh, you know they're just like, yeah, oh, he's doing pretty well. He can he mm. can behead a few a few guys. You know, he only beheads the bad people, right? Yeah, e- exactly. And as long as you're making sure there's enough gladiatorial games and enough food and yeah, clean to keep water. happy and yeah, yeah, you can lower the taxes. Yep, you, know, you you lower the taxes by a few bucks because you really want to take out this one <laughs> this one troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much Gladiator in VR with cr- splashings of Crusader Kings too. Cool. I like it. All right. Well, I think we will move on to our final segment. Um, so, what I'm going to do here, Anthony, is I'm going to ask you what game you are most anticipating at the moment. Oh. Uh, it could be one that's already out and you haven't got around to playing or one that's upcoming, but uh, yeah. Oh, I don't really have any idea what's actually coming out. Um very recently, I bought the expansion for XCOM 2, uh, which I have not yet played, really. 
Um, and I'm really okay. looking forward to getting in, getting into that. Does that have a title, that expansion? Uh, I believe it's called War of the Chosen. Okay. So what, so what we do with this, this segment, uh, is we take the name of that game mm. and we throw away everything you know about it in the series. Right. And we're going to come up, we're going to come up with a new game l- literally just based off the name of that game. Okay. Well, so XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. Yep. So I think the first thing we have to do is perhaps come up with what XCOM stands for in this game. <laughs> Great. This is not going to be very difficult with a lot of preconceived notions. <laughs> yeah, no, it needs to be something completely different. Um, and unfortunately, there aren't a lot of words starting with X. Um, well, that could be worth starting with EX. So X excommunicated if you are removed from the church. <laughs> okay, well, that, that kind of makes sense with War of the Chosen as well mm. a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, okay, that's interesting, if if not fraught with difficulty on how to make a game about religion without mm. offending people, but it doesn't I guess it doesn't have to it doesn't have to literally be a real religion. It could just be a made up religion. Yeah, well there was a game that came out, I believe, in the nineties called Requiem Avenging Angel, where you played as an angel that came to Earth and hunted down these things called the called the Chosen that were masquerading as people. Okay. Well, this is XCOM 2, so maybe it's a, it's a spiritual <laughs> it's a sequel. sequel to that game. <laughs> so, ex- excommunicate. Um, come on, man. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's does, just over it. Does it, does so it this mean angel that we, coming that we have down to, to design the first game too? Or? Uh, no, well, we'll just pretend there was a, there yeah. was a previous game. Um, Gradually, it will just get more ridiculous. That's it. Like we'll we'll come up with this game, and then because it's the sequel, we'll just really ramp everything up to the next level. So I I like that idea. So we're we sticking with the avenging angel coming down. Yeah, um, that, that's that's sort of kind of already been done in another game. So maybe we should choose something a little bit different. That might be a little bit too easy, unless unless we mm. want to go easy on ourselves. <laughs> no, no. Like, come on, let's make it a challenge. I would imagine um, that sort of war of the chosen would indicate. Like sex with S S E C T S within a <laughs> yes. um within a religion fighting within a religion yeah and as okay. you say it it doesn't have to be any of the major religions it can be a completely made up one yeah and I think it probably should be <laughs> yeah um so okay so maybe it's sort of a yeah there's there's these sects there's these factions some who have determined that they are the chosen mm. of this religion and. And then is it some one person who's being excommunicated or is it that the group who doesn't think these people are the chosen now, like they've been excommunicated from yeah, this religion? It, it, might be, it might be an RTS and you would have two factions and one is mm. the people who are, the, who are the, the members of the religion and the other one was a group of people who have been ex- excommunicated and have splintered off and said, we are the, we are the one true. We, we have the chosen. No, we have the chosen. Right, right, okay. So, okay, so a religion-based RTS. Maybe an RTS is a bit too obvious because then it's starting to sound a little bit like uh, Dawn of War or something like that. I guess they're pretty religious in that. But I'm mm. I'm kind of picturing... <laughs> I'm kind of picturing that we literally bring kind of prayers and uh, the power of the gods into it. And yeah, so black and white or populous? Yeah, but more direct than that, right? Mm. Like, you're you're playing... You're not playing the god. Right. And so you have to build churches to like- Oh, I see. Please your god so that they will help you on the battlefield. And well, the thing, thing is, it, it, it would be the same god because it's the same religion that the two people are splintered off from. So you kind of have to push the needle more okay. in your direction. Yeah, well, that's it. So you're fighting over- hmm. um, You're fighting over this god's 
you know, attention. Yep. But it, it may not just be a, a, a combat-based thing. There may be non-combat things you can do to sort of push the needle more in your direction, like building a church or sacrificing animals or... Uh, yeah, any- so maybe it's maybe it's a bit more of one of these... Did you ever play, like, Settlers or... What was the other one? Shit. Is it uh, Age of uh, Mythology? No, that was a bit more traditional RTS. I'm mm. thinking of... Nope, nope, I've lost it. Uh, Banished or Northgard? Sort of like Banished, sort Mm. of like Banished, but with combat still. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so it's a bit more of you're building up the economy of this this city or of this civilization in a way, uh, except it's, you know, it's a religion, it's a faith-based economy in in certain ways, Um, and using that to power your armies, which then will go off and fight. Yeah, I would also Uh, imagine a front line, but the more faith you generate, the more the front line pushes out from your city, kind of like in civilization with uh, Mm. cultural borders. So Mm. if you're Mm. fighting in a particular area where the the culture border has pushed out, you get a bonus versus the, uh, the enemy's troops. Yeah, well, I kind of, I kind of like the idea of still having an aspect of real time strategy in there, though. So you oh, can, okay. you really do end up deploying, like, smite this, you know, squad from the other team, mm. <laughs> as well as traditional. I don't know if we keep it kind of medieval warfare or if we literally bring it into modern day. Mm. It's kind of getting a bit like these holy, holy warriors with submachine guns. Yeah, modern modern day would definitely be more in, like we've seen populous, we've seen black and white. So I was thinking modern day or even far future or alien or yeah. something like that might yeah might be a little bit sort of more has it hasn't been done to death quite yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, particularly yeah, particularly not with that kind of faith based twist. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Just trying to think if there's anything else we can do with that. Well, sort of basing it, basing it in a city would have like large buildings and things like that. If you were fighting over over a city, the the map may be generated from pre-populated buildings that did things, and if you could get control of them, they would confer a bonus or uh, give you a unit that you wouldn't already have. Or yeah, that's cool. Yeah, particularly yeah, obviously, and you're building churches and things, and so your mm. proximity to the church has an effect on your you know, the powers you can deploy. Um, or or your the morale of your troops since they're all these you know completely religious based uh, fighters. Yep, we've just designed a religious themed RTS. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, but it's not blasphemous. It's okay because no. we made we made up the religion. Yeah, it's fine. Insert name of religion here. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, that that would be that would be a fun thing if at the start of the game both players agreed to kind of like a random religious generation where you generated the main tenets of of the faith that you were fighting. Over. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you come up with the name and like the the hierarchy of of people yep. involved and you know the types of hats they wear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the colors of their robes. Well, that that would probably split out between the. Yeah. Um, between the factions, it's that's actually what started it. It's all yeah. started it all. So no, this hat is more holy. Exactly. No, I like this hat. We want the blue robes with the gold trimming. No, that's blasphemous. It says right here that blue and gold should never be next to each other. <laughs> uh, that, that's just your translation. Our mm. translation says it's blue and silver. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, I think we might finish that up there. I think I come up with some really interesting some ideas. Some really tonight. weird stuff. Was, oh, it's always weird. But you know, as long as as long as they sound like they might be fun to play, um, 
No, that was that was cool. I, I think there was some some really neat ideas in there. Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll finish up there. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us this week on Bitstorm. Uh, I'll just do a little bit of our housekeeping. You can find Bitstorm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BitstormCast on all of those social networks. Come and say hi. And uh, we actually have a new Facebook group. You can just search for Bitstorm on Facebook or you can go to facebook.com slash group slash Bitstorm. And every Friday now, we're actually putting up a new listener click pitch uh, where we, we throw our ideas in there. But the idea is that you listeners at home can can play along and, and tell us the sorts of games that you come up with for, for a particular set of prompts. If you want to find us on iTunes, you can uh, just search Bitstorm there. Give us a rating or review. Subscribe to us there. We have a website, bitstormcast.com, uh, and all our, all of our episodes are there too. I'd like to thank Dust for the song Mount Defiance uh, off the album Containment Failure. Jeez, uh, I've got a lot of stuff to do when it's just me. Mm. <laughs> um, I'd like to say hi to the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, uh, of which the Semicast is also part. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, just a great group of other gaming podcasts in the region, uh, so go check that out on Facebook or hashtag AGP, AGPN on Twitter. We are also on Podchaser, which is the site that I made, which is handy. Um, so just search for Bitstorm there, and, and you can leave uh, ratings and reviews for us there too. That'd be great. And this week, we have one new thing I'd like to mention that in October, we're going to be part of the Two Pods a Day Twitter campaign. This is this is a, a campaign sort of for exposing... Different different podcasts of different genres and things, and every day they publish two two new podcasts to listen to uh, with specific episodes and a bit of feedback from everyone involved. Uh, so go check out the hashtag two the number two pods a day for their previous campaigns and look for that in October. Okay, that was a lot of stuff. Uh, mm. Would you like to sort of give your social medias and things to see where oh, our listeners can find we you? We basically direct everyone to our website, worldwideweb.semi-informatic.com, and there you can find all of our podcast episodes and, and videos and whatever's coming up on the uh, site. It's it's just me at the moment, so you're kind of stuck with me. We've got uh, a what we call a play everything video, which is where we just go through and play everything of Thief the Dark Project. Uh, and hopefully soon I will be getting back to a series I've been doing called Dial A for Anime, which is um, where I play through all the anime games I bought for my PS3 but never played. So. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, that was a much more efficient uh, use of getting people to you. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, well, that was really good to have you on, Anthony. Thank, thank you, you for that. It was wonderful. Yeah. So thank you again, everybody, for joining us. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Anthony Murphy. I'd play that. <laughs> <laughs>